Hello, this is Real Estate Insights, the podcast from Savills that's happy to travel the length and breadth of the land to bring you the most important stories in the property world. And today we're heading to the southwest of England to look at a leisure sector which seems to have any number of fair winds blowing in its favour. Trade has been really, really good. I think the people there is a latent demand for people wanting to go out. I think that you have seen an awful lot of investment in the way in which businesses are presenting themselves. You're seeing far more private equity interest and therefore far more investment into the sector and the enhancement of the accommodation that people are now receiving. I think the other thing that we haven't seen yet, and and to be honest, I don't think we'll see it as a major facet of the regional leisure market, but is any distress. So with the government support that's been out there, we haven't seen lots of insolvency in the hotel sector. I'm Guy Ruddle and I'm joined by three of Savile's finest, particularly when it comes to this subject. Let's start with Chris Sweeney. He's a director in the Leisure and Trade team. He's been advising clients on the sale, valuation and development of leisure properties for nearly 20 years. Chris, how are you? Very well, thank you, Guy. How are you? Uh, Very well, thank you. Uh, Kevin Marsh is no stranger to Real Estate Insights. I think it's a couple of years, actually, since since we were last on, Kevin. Yes, Guy. He heads up Savile's licensed leisure team. Does that basically mean you spend all your time in the pub? It's very much as possible, Guy. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely want to do a job swap with you. Uh, James Greenslade is our third guest. He's head of the South West Hotels team. James, welcome to Real Estate Insights. Thanks, Guy. So let's get started. I mean, we'll talk a lot about the where the market is now but just can we just start with a sort of quick summary of what it's always been like historically chris could you just give us a little summary of what the southwest leisure market's been like certainly guy um the southwest leisure market has always been a very popular one um it's very regionally specific so it's predominantly the coastal areas of the southwest that are popular um that's more so at the moment but it's still relatively less tourism based inland so it's all about location and proximity to the coast and Kevin, is it, does it compete with other parts of the of the UK? I think it's always been popular because of the coastline and the beaches and uh, and all of the things that there are to do that are water based. Um, certainly, it does compete with other parts of the UK. But the uh, the food and drink side uh, of Devon and Cornwall, um, I think, has never seen um, so much popularity as it does now. Yeah, and James, from a hotel's point of view, what's the season? Is it just the sort of the, the summer holiday, school holiday months? Or? Yeah, well, partly because uh, as Chris and, and Kevin picked up, you know, a lot of what drives people to the southwest is its coastline, is its natural beauty. Clearly, there's going to be weather implications if it's chucking it down in, in midwinter. You're not necessarily going to be want to be there as much. Um, so it is seasonal. It's tended to be from sort of March or around Easter all the way through to October. Um, it's pretty good. I mean, it's you know, a decent it's season. It's not like it's a short season. Yeah, it's a decent season. And within that as well, you've obviously got Christmas, you've got school holidays, but the prime months are June, July and August. And traditionally, has it been a resilient market? Has it been a market, you know, when things get tough, has it done well or uh, has it struggled to get back on its feet or, or what's it been like? Cornwall in particular, mainly due to travel distance, took probably the longest out of the rest of the country to recover from a tourism perspective in the um, recession periods, um, but now is very much boosted and bolstering off the back of the pandemic and everybody's attempts at reconnection with the outdoors. Yeah, so let's talk about that then, because, you know, obviously, I mean, anybody listening to this, the first thought is going to be, you know, you can't book a you can't book a holiday in Cornwall for, for forever. Uh, you know, prices are going up and all that sort of stuff. You've it, how big an impact have, has well COVID first of all, but we'll probably talk about Brexit and maybe you know social responsibility and things like that later as well. But COVID particularly, how big an impact has that had on this market that we're talking about today? 
I think it's been the perfect storm, really, because the Southwest has historically been a domestic-led market, so you've not seen that drop in visitor numbers because international travellers can't come into the UK because of COVID. Uh, alongside that, and for the same reasons, British visitors or, or holidaymakers can't go abroad. So in the absence of any other opportunities, they're staying at home and they're staying in the Southwest a lot. Um, yeah, Anecdotally, we're talking to clients at the moment who have got more rooms than they can let every night of the week. But the challenge is they haven't got enough staff to service those. So, yeah, it, it brings opportunity, but it brings challenges as well. So um, when you say more rooms than they can let, you mean they've got, they, 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 they've got more, book, more bookings than they can yeah, fulfill? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's 100% back to back to back. Um, and yeah, still people booking or w- wanting to walk in as well who just, you know, they just can't fulfill that demand. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it, Chris, in in on on campsites, caravan parks, all that sort of stuff, is is it the same story? Yeah, absolutely. There was very strong demand for UK tourism pre-COVID, and that's just compounded it further now. Um, and people have always traditionally associated themselves with the Southwest as a holiday destination in the absence of other other destinations abroad. So, yeah, absolutely. I think what's also helped the um, the Southwest guy is the uh, the quality of the accommodation offering that's down there. Um, we've seen uh, some great redevelopments of hotels, and uh, and quite possibly um, not seen the same kind of quality accommodation that there is uh, in Devon and Cornwall. Um, certainly in my lifetime, mm. there's now so much to do, isn't there? Yeah. Um, so this is not about going on holiday down to Devon and Cornwall, hanging around the hotel doing next to nothing apart from eat and drink. There's the so, um, what I'm trying to say: Water Gate Bay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and all of the things that are water based yeah. down there. There's loads of stuff. Yeah. It's water based uh, activity and ex- outdoor experience all come together. And the sea offers all of that because you've got, whether it's paddleboarding or wakeboarding or anything, anything outdoor based. And it's the reconnection with the. <clears throat> the outdoors is what everybody seems to be craving at the moment. But, but as that, when you say there's lots to do, hasn't there always been lots to do? Well, I'm not sure that, that. Yes, the short answer is is yes, there has been, but the uh, but you're being spoon fed it a little oh, yeah, bit easier, aren't you? People realised unless you live down there and have got a kayak or a surfboard or whatever to go and take advantage of it, you're not going to. If you can go and stay in a hotel that has all of those things, that you can go and rent one for a morning, you're more likely to, aren't you? Yeah, mm. for sure. Though. So I guess the sort of obvious next question is, does it last? Because obviously there's a COVID, we've talked a lot about the COVID impact. There's a Brexit impact, Brexit impact, I guess, as well. And there might, I imagine, be a bit of a, a social conscience impact of people not wanting to fly because it's polluting and all that sort of stuff. But, but some of those things, not the last one, but some of those things, you know, those impacts will fade away, right? You know, we'll get, we're starting to get back to normal now. Brexit will, will, will learn to deal with and everything. So does this research, not resurgence, but does this, do, do the good times for the Southwest sort of last forever? I, I think that the, there has definitely been a market shift in terms of um, provenance of food and drink. And so this has happened well before COVID and Brexit, is that people want to know where their food and drink comes from, particularly their food. And so a desire to um, eat and drink local things, I think, uh, has, has been coming, um, has arrived and will stay. I think on the hotel side, they're talking to our, to our clients and the people who are who are actually on the front line. There are a lot of people staying in Cornwall this year who, and, and Devon and and across the board, who perhaps wouldn't have, who would have been in Spain or in in France or in Greece. And I think it's been an opportunity for the market to showcase itself to people who wouldn't normally stay in the UK. And yeah, it's a given that some of those people are going to go abroad again when they can. 
but some of them are likely to holiday in the UK, particularly if they've had nice weather when they're down. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. uh, there, will, there will be there's discovery of quality, isn't there? Uh, there's, uh, some of the places where you might have otherwise thought that you wouldn't go, maybe Newquay, in terms of its uh, its um, older reputation, has now got some of some of the best hotel facilities um, of anywhere in the UK on its doorstep. Uh, so, you know, that's a great asset to the uh, to the local area. So let's talk then ab- about your area, you know, the property business part of uh, you know, leisure in, in the southwest. And I'm conscious that we're talking about pubs and restaurants. We're also talking about hotels and we're probably talking about, you know, Chris, with you more about the holiday parts, campsites, caravans and, and all that sort of stuff. So there are different things. But fundamentally, is it a sort of consolidated market or is it very fragmented? Are there lots of players, lots of owners but doing their own individual thing? What's the dynamic like in, in terms of that? I think from a food and drink perspective, there are, a lot of it is independent and small multiple based. And I think that's probably one of the delights of the choice that you now have. Um, and that marketplace is really strong. Um, from a hotel perspective, James would be uh, a comment I'd upon agree. that. Yeah, the, so the market in, across the regions we're talking about is pretty fragmented, it's pretty atomized. You don't have, to the extent you have in some other markets, the brand penetration. So a lot of where you will stay when you come down to the West Country is going to be independent and independently owned. Uh, and that's certainly part of the appeal. Is it well run? I mean, there are lots of parts of the country where that that dynamic, you know, owner operators and the and, and the like, you know, frankly, not well run and a great opportunity, you know, for professional operators and, you know, and investors. Do you have that in the Southwest? We're certainly seeing the appetite from more professional and sophisticated investors to look at it. I think it was partly the seasonality previously that they struggled to wrap their heads around. But getting past that, I think there's a huge opportunity for for people to do what you know what's already done well, um, and yeah, it's massive opportunity going forwards. Chris, what about you in your part of the world? Well, it's not your part of the world, your your sector. I was going to say, from the caravan holiday park perspective, it is starting to become far more brand-led now and far more consolidation. And I think that will underpin the success of the industry moving forwards because off the back of that, you're seeing far more private equity interest and therefore far more investment into the sector and the enhancement of the accommodation that people are now receiving compared to what they traditionally associate with a bucket and spade caravan holiday is now a very different experience for them. Yeah, because when when private private equity casts its eye upon your sector, you know, Quite often, the dynamic changes, doesn't it? You know, in terms of price, in terms of expectation, it becomes a different game. I think it brings with it uh, perhaps a financial discipline uh, that in some areas wouldn't have necessarily applied because people are making lifestyle choices um, in the businesses that they're running. Um, but so long as it doesn't starve the, uh, the, the asset um, in the business of investment, then that's never a bad thing to have financial discipline that sits behind it, for sure. And what's that doing then to, you know, the obvious di- the sort of key metrics in, in, in your world, prices, uh, you, know, ter- you know, volume of, of transactions and the like? Well, f- talk about food and drink. Trade has been brilliant um, over the summer. So the, uh, the months and the weeks that um, we've been able to trade relatively freely, um, trade has been really, really good. I think the people there is a latent demand for people wanting to go out. I think that you have seen an awful lot of investment in the way in which businesses are presenting themselves, particularly with outside dining solutions, which are going to be here to stay. And so these these structures are not just a, a heated canopy, but something that's been uh, invested in to increase the trading size of lots of these businesses. And when you say trading has been really good, you mean the the the, tra- the business's trade itself? Yes. Not, so, not the... 
not your trade, which is Say, buying so, and selling of, of property. Sales, so operator sales have, have been really good. And so I would have said that the majority where there is a, um, a, an exposure to the visitor marketplace um, will be ahead of where they were in 2019, so the last uh, COVID unaffected time. And for you, Kevin, what does that mean in terms of, you know, are, are, are pe- more people wanted to get into the market or fewer people wanted to get out? Or? So uh, way more inquiries for new operators. Um, than than we have prob- probably seen in the last five years. So lots more operators wanting to be in the market. Um, that's absorbed some of the vacant units in um, the, where we've seen branded restaurants um, fall over um, through the um, various constraints that have affected uh, those type of operators. And so I think uh, uh, as those number of vacant units um, get used up or get taken up, um, then hopefully we'll see some businesses start to trade again as going concerns. All of the uh, involvement in the marketplace has been relettings of vacant space at the moment. Yeah. And Chris, it, private equity has been casting its eye over over the, the caravan parks and and, uh, and, and the like uh, for a while now, hasn't it? It has. And it's, um, as James said earlier on, it's the perfect storm really for our market to grow because you've got existing operators consolidating and they're competing against private equity trying to establish new platforms within the sector. And I think what the, the key feature for all of that is offering people an experience, whereas traditionally you would just have a key to accommodation. People now want that link between them, their holiday experience and the outdoors. And that's where significant investment from consolidating operators and private equity can offer that. All that, that, all that extra additional income generation or income into the sector is being pushed into central leisure facilities, which is where traditionally holiday parks have fell behind. Right. And what, what sort of facilities are we talking about? So these will be the, well, predominantly the, the main central facilities will be the pool and restaurant food and beverage offering. And now it's also the add-on facility. So links to surf, surf lessons, kayaking, paddleboarding, links to the, again, all sort of ESG perspective. And that's compounded further by COVID, that desire to get back out in the outdoors and do outdoor and predominantly water-based activity. Yeah. And James, sort of to f- closing the circle with, 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 with the hotel sector and uh, how active is is your market at the moment in terms of buying and selling? Yeah, I mean, the hotel market generally has faced its challenges over the last 12, 18 months. The volume of sales in 2020 was 50% of what it was in 2019. But I think it's fair to say regional leisure-led assets, and particularly the southwest, have bucked the trend. Um, we don't seem to have had the huge reduction in pricing that people have seen elsewhere or, or have anticipated. Um to take an example, last year, across the entire year, we were within 2% of guide price on the, the assets that we sold. So no huge price correction there and still a good number of buyers ready to look at regional assets. Mm. Do you think that'll change? Do you think there's a, you know, the, 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 in the hotel market, there could be a lag, couldn't there, between, you know, people, have, especially owner operators, sort of have got through the, the you know, COVID and everything managed to get through, but have probably been hurt quite badly by it. And as you said earlier, you sort of hinted at now that the times are good, they can't get enough staff and things like that. So actually, operating is much harder work now than it than it used to be. And I'm, I wonder whether there's a you know there's an opportunity for people who want to get into the market. There must be some frankly tired owners around, aren't there? I think that's probably true. I think some people have probably had the hardest season they're ever going to have this year. Um, I think the other thing that we haven't seen yet, and and to be honest, I don't think we'll see it as a major facet of the regional leisure market, but is any distress. So with the government support that's been out there, we haven't seen lots of insolvency in the hotel sector. 
Um, it may start to come as we now see some of that support rolled back, but I don't think it's going to be a cliff edge. I think there may be a, a trickle of, of those insolvency-led instructions. So I think alongside all of this, yeah, it's that longer-term trend for, for UK-led holidays, which is going to help underpin the sector. There's confidence in investment as well, James, isn't there? Absolutely. Yeah, we're seeing people buying into the hotel sector, pricing in that future income, which is why they're prepared to support pricing at pre-pandemic levels. So I'm very conscious that, 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 we've, that we have, between us, uh, or between you three, painted a very rosy picture. Uh, uh, and there are no pictures of that rosy, are they? What, what, uh, if I ask you, though, is it, is it really that good? I know you're going to say yes. So let me ask you a different question. What are the challenges? You, what, what, does the, what, do, what do the operators in the southwest, in all your areas, what do they need to make sure they do in the future to make sure that they they make he- that the, the hay is still made and the sun still shines. For for me and the food and drink side of things, it's quality and value for money, and so you've got to be offering quality service, quality food and drink, um, and giving people value for money. And that doesn't mean to be say that it has to be cheap, but it means that it has to be is that the price point is worth it. Um, you continue to to. Um, to give that to your customers, I think that there is uh, strength in that marketplace for the foreseeable future. Just on on that, on on, on expectations, how, how much in the in the pub restaurant world is tourism, and how much is it people moving? You know, is there, as more people living in that part of the world? I think that the the southwest is about visitors. Uh, I think that there is relatively little um, in the way of um, it's dramatic increase in population, and so it's about the visitor marketplace. Because you know, when you say it's about quality and uh, you know and, and, and good value and everything, well, that's true of everything. And I, I think when people are on holiday, they have an expectation of a bit special, you know, for whatever they're like, that it has to be a bit special, and they probably probably have to do better than 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 at home. I think the special comes from location. Um, because I think that some of the places that have been able to open up on the coast that perhaps you wouldn't have been attracted to as a customer um, previously, now you are. Um, and that's because social media has uh, helped paint a picture of, of the type of place that you're going to, and then you can feel confident in the journey that you're making. Yeah. I think investment's key. I think you're right. People do want better than they've got at home. If you're going to go away and pay substantial amounts for a room, you want it to be better than what you've got at home. And I think what we saw post-global financial crisis was those operators who had been struggling to meet debt repayment obligations and hadn't had the cash flow to invest in the asset slowly saw their product that they were selling deteriorate, whereas those people who were able to invest and keep it to a good standard and improve it have come out looking very strong. And I think we may see the same thing. People have to be careful about the quality of the asset dropping below levels of expectations and that then effectively impacting occupancy rate and bottom line. And that's absolutely the point. It's maintaining that relationship between perception of quality and price. We've seen a dramatic surge in price off the back of the pandemic. We think that demand will be very consistent in the next four to five years. It's ensuring people see that equal relationship between quality and fairly significant price. Now, we can't end this without doing a Savile standout statistic. Have you all, uh, were you warned? Have you prepared a Savile standout? Everyone's smiling. Quite often people get a little bit sort of, 
uh, you know, they feel under pressure at this point. It's just a little nugget of, you know, a thought, a bit of information that sort of sheds an extra bit of light on on things. Uh, why don't we go round the table, starting on my right? So, James, what's your first ever Savile standout stat? So, we said last year was 50% down in terms of hotel transactions across the market. For the first half of this year versus the last half of last year, we're 135% up. And 78% of those assets have been sold in the UK regions, just showing the strength of the regional hotel market. Yeah. See, that's how to do it, boys. Chris? So looking at the UK GDP nationally, 9% of that is generated purely by tourism. Kevin, what's yours? We had 900,000 views um, through our marketing channels in June alone for our pub and restaurant instructions. Really? 900,000? Yep. And 127% increase um, in the number of applicants that we have got looking um, in the southwest for um, pub and restaurant sites. And that, everybody, is how you do a Savile Standout statistic. Thank you very much, all three of you, for being here. I hope you've enjoyed that. I think it's been, I found it really interesting. I thought I learned lots uh, as part of that. Thanks for your time and thanks for your wisdom. That's it for this episode of Real Estate Insights. If you want to delve deeper into this topic, there's plenty more on the research section of the Savile's website. For uh, savile's.co.uk slash research, you'll find the aspects of leisure publication there and much else besides. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening and see you next time. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. Savills accepts no liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect or consequential loss arising from the use of, reference to or reliance on this podcast or its content. Savills makes no warranty as to the accuracy of the information in this podcast. This podcast and all copyright in this podcast is the property of Savills and it shall not be used, reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without Savills' prior written consent.